Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. We hope you enjoy the show and please feel free to leave us a review. It really does help. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram or head over to www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk or our sponsor, Evolution Financial Planning for regulated advice on www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk forward slash podcast. And welcome back to today's show. I have my lovely Jenny. I say my, I don't, but this doesn't belong to me. <laughs> uh, Jenny Delilis. Um, if you've not listened to one of our previous um, shows with Jenny, um, Jenny's worked with me for eight years. Eight, nine years. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Um, in our regulated company, Evolution Financial Planning, which I've run for 12 years um jenny is our mortgage uh, protection and will writer so wills are not regulated by the financial conduct authority um they are there isn't actually a regulation around them no there isn't they were talking about bringing one in but i'm not too sure obviously it's is regulated in its own way um if you are part of the network that obviously makes sure that you do your cpds and you've got a membership like the society of real writers who I, which I belong to yeah um but there's no one check I mean that they do they check any of your like cases and stuff like you, you you can ask them obviously if you've got a case you can share it with them and you can have a conversation about what you feel would be uh best in this scenario so if you think of okay. something and for example you just want to make sure you can always contact them and ask so do, do you know the difference between I'm gonna put you on the spot here um, do you know the difference between um, a will writer and a solicitor that's writing a will? So there's no difference. The only difference is the solicitor might have a more in-depth knowledge about trust, for example, which, you know, although I can do a will trust, I'm, I wouldn't be able to do um, a, a trust outside of a will, an independent trust. So the, the solicitor is more broader in that area in the sense of they would do more around assets and everything else. Well, I am a real writer. Yes, I will do your will. Yes, I can do a will trust, but I wouldn't do specifically anything else involved with that. I Outside wouldn't... of that, yeah. yeah. And that, that's normally because the will, the, the trust, sorry, um, it's not actually anything to do with the will in some respects. They are sort of two separate things. Um, is it, they almost like refer to the will um, in, in, in essence depending on the trust there is will trust so you you can have a you can protect your property yeah. uh, with a will trust you can create a, a will trust for beneficiaries but any other trust we see which is outside of a will yeah that would be a different that would regime, be, yeah. yeah and they normally open it with like a tenner <laughs> they put 10 pound in it and it sort of becomes like an active will now trust sorry a trust account now that's associated with the will um and then therefore um that's not what a normal will writer would do but and we're getting to trust in just a second but what i will highlight for people is um not every solicitor is the same so you might go and see a solicitor who does a little bit of probate work so that's, that's the work that's done once someone's passed away so they might be an executor for example and they might write wills but it doesn't mean that they are or have a lot of experience in certain kinds of trust or they might prefer a certain way of doing trust. So 
trust I wasn't thinking we was going to get into this conversation so quickly but we have <laughs> um but what trust work can do for somebody with certainly with a large estate or um there's lots of different reasons why someone might want an estate uh, trust work you have to be very careful don't you Jen because there's obviously when it comes to care fees you can be classed by the local council of deprivation of assets, assets where you've yeah. intentionally basically moved your money into trust to avoid paying care home fees so you yeah. have to be quite careful that and the same thing I'm gonna, I'll share what happened with my mum so my mum um bear in mind I've worked in financial service 23 years um my mum messaged me saying spoken to a solicitor I've set you up as an executor is that all right we've had a will written up and we're doing a tr- um, some trust thing I'm like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh no okay oh yeah I remember um what are they recommending? I want to see the trust paperwork. Like, I need to know what, what is going on here. Yeah, we've looked at that, didn't we? Yeah, I think, I did I send you a copy? Yeah, 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 I've seen it, yeah, yeah. And so I looked at it and I read it, and it's like, you you, you, you sort of get a bit of it, but they're not they're not the easiest thing to, to read, to understand. It's very legal jargon. Um, and it's very oldie-weldie, isn't it, Jen? Like, the way things are put that are written down yeah for sure yeah I had one client I don't know if you've had this Jen I had one client one year they looked at their will and I was like can you they, can you put it in normal speaking English for I've you? had that before yes so there's so many words you can change within a will to make it you know I mean yeah it's, yeah. it's a I difficult just give my assets to their on the second third of da, 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 da. It's so just, my yeah. issues yeah 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 yeah, yeah very weird language so um yeah you kindly had um someone look over it for me which was great really helpful um but this company I I did a bit of due diligence and the guy that ran it had a bit of a background should we say um the company looked legit and what they recommended didn't seem terrible and I gave my mum some really honest feedback about it all but I said you know it's your decision what you want to do these are the pros and cons and basically it would be tying up money into a trust. I forget which type it was now. And it meant that um, basically, it sounds really bad, my mum passed away, um, the money would go into this trust. And if I split up from my husband, that couldn't be included as part of the divorce. Um, and this is not for everyone, by the way. It's just that this is how some trusts can work. Yeah. And So no advice given here. Um, <laughs> and it... It would mean that if I went bankrupt, which hopefully will never happen, like that money's protected. There's benefits for that. Um, yeah. It means that it was a, it was an outside of the the property would be included. So I think it was a property trust, but it was outside of the will. Um, I think that's what it was, and it meant that basically on the second of her partner, her or a partner, on the second death, the house would be sold and the trust would own the money that was in it. But if I didn't spend that money that was in there for me, it would mean that my children would get it and there'd be no inheritance tax to pay. I don't believe there's, I don't believe that you can avoid inheritance tax on the first issue when the property's first sold. I don't know if you know that, Jen. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, it depends really on how everything is set up. Because you've got up. to remember, you've got, uh, you might have potential tax relief. You might have the seven-year rule. Yeah, it's it's a very complicated subject and depending on the case obviously you just got to make sure it's set up properly yeah I think especially I think in the property essence where the the sale is made after death um it's a little bit questionable I'm not I'm not you know I'd need an expert to talk about that 
Um, but when it comes to like if you were setting up a trust and you put assets in it in the first instance, it was like, you know, like say 100 grand into a trust. Um, then they, they often depends on the type of trust, but yeah, because um, they've got their own sets of rules, haven't they? Depending on the yeah. trust, yes, yeah. And then that will mean that they don't actually form, form part of your estate in the first place because it's it was set up prior. Um, yeah, so so coming back to solicitors, so trust work can be quite complicated, and every solicitor would, can do things differently. So you might have one solicitor who do it one way. And then the, the firm that my mum went to, they were a bit more specialist in doing two or three kinds of trust work. And I had not seen it done that way before. When I used to do wills and trust work years ago, we referred it over to this particular company and they did it a, another way. So I think it's, it's a really complex area that you've got to be really careful. But it can be, though, especially those that are, um, got really want their assets to be passing on from a legacy perspective, it's definitely worth pursuing. But they're normally, you're talking thousands of pounds to set them up. They are quite expensive, yeah, to yeah. set up, yeah. Yeah. Depending, obviously, on what you need it to do, really, I suppose. Yeah. So the main purpose of today's podcast was to talk about wills, but trust do link into that and the difference between a will writer and a solicitor. So what we've just spoken about is also with a solicitor, um, they might do, like, so Jenny and, Jenny and a will writer could do just as good a job as a solicitor when it comes to writing a basic everyday kind of will right um and the only difference is is that i think solicitors have a higher liability insurance because of the way that their their businesses are run because they're a legal entity yeah because they do more like you just said they do uh, extra work like maybe potential with um trust outside wills they do probate they do administration so all that comes into consideration where i don't do the administration or probate but i do use a specialist company who will do it for me if needed if needed yeah now, the worrying thing about a will writer is that jenny's actually got two hats so one is this will writer hat and one is a regulated hat as a she's taken financial qualifications. But actually, I mean, in terms of, you know, if there was an issue or something, they are two very different processes. And the FCI are very touchy about this kind of thing. And so are our networks because they don't want anyone to make a complaint about a will. And then the client think that that, that then falls under the FCA regulation. So they want to keep it very separate, which That's is why, why we have a PI insurance. It's, set, it's completely it, yeah. separate. Yeah. And if the company hasn't got that PI insurance, then they just almost want to avoid it. But writing a will is so crucial and so important and it should be part of the financial conversation. But that is basically why it's not brought up enough. It's not discussed enough. And they become almost like a separate financial planning element. Um, but actually, someone could be a builder. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a builder or a scaffolder or, you know, um, whatever, work in a bank, like whatever they do. And they could literally set themselves up as a will writer with technically no qualifications. They would need to get software and have a bit of training. But how good that training is, is, you know, it's there's no regulation around it. Um, but companies like the Society of Will Writers, who have a very good reputation, actually, you have to apply and you have to yeah. have a have a sort of um, like a CV, don't you, Jen, like an application process and be approved. Yeah, every year we have CPDs. We obviously got um, get a membership, um, and we've got lots of documents to fill out to make sure we we are still capable of writing wills. Um, we've got exams monthly. Yeah, it's quite 
stringent stringent it's not okay, good. you know me saying I'm a world writer and then off you go yeah it's quite a long <laughs> yeah process. slightly worrying though I, I mean I, I'm not saying I've seen it done but um I, I do think that it's um yeah case by case it's a, it's a complicated area it's, in, it's quite simple in some respects but for some people it can become quite yeah. complicated um so that's the difference between the solicitors and, and, and will writers we've talked a little bit about trust but in a basic will writer sense Jen what let's talk about some of the main reasons why people should write a will so do you want to come up with one first so um, people need to write a will first to make sure their assets and wishes are executed how they want them to be and obviously everything who to go to the people they want it to go to um funeral wishes because sometimes we don't think about it when I speak to clients they're like oh I didn't think about that so this is another conversation so you know it can be anything like I always say you tell me what you want in your own words and then I'll make it put it into the document to make it legal for you um guardianship is another one Mm-hmm. um what else da, 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 da. it's weird when you do something day in day out you don't think about it because it's automatic yeah well let's step back a bit a minute we, we, let's talk about um guardianship for a second and, and then we'll come on to funeral wishes because i think there's so much within the, just those two, there two is. so guardianship what why do they need it for guardianship Okay, so if someone's got children who are under 18, they need a guardian because if anything was to happen to them, who would look after the children? The court would eventually decide. So it's very important to write it down in the will who you would want your children to go to. Normally, when I have this conversation, I said to client, right, it needs to be somebody the children knows because obviously, ideally, obviously, sometimes it can't happen, but ideally it needs to be somebody that will be able to look after them from whatever age to up to the age you know sometimes they might go to university etc etc so just to ensure that they look after it's primordial to have a guardian within the will somebody that will be there to look after your children if anything happens to you so let's talk about parental responsibility for a second and we've got a normal heterosexual couple male female kind of setup. Um, and they're not married they've um, had children um, and he's on the birth certificate but they've separated they've really fallen out he only sees the kids maybe once a month or she sees the kids only maybe once a month and um, one of them wants to write a will Um, what will it mean in terms of legally to that family if one of them was to pass away Okay, so how about the case like that? So basically, legally, both parents have to look after their children. So if something was to happen to one parent, automatically the child would go to the second parent. If the second parent is nowhere to be seen or doesn't want a responsibility, it's advisable to add a guardian. And then hopefully, you know, the children will go with that guardian who the parents who made the will chose, especially if they haven't got no contact. But legally, obviously, mother and father have got priority on anyone else. So, you know, nobody knows. But as long as you write a letter of wishes with it as well, explaining why, then if it goes to court, you know, you know, you've done your best and you you, you would hope that your children would be going with that guardian, regardless of whether the parent was able to look after them. But I mean, unless that unless that individual, if that person wanted that child, unless they're in uh, a situation where, let's just say, they're um, a registered, you know, drug, drug addict, for example, unless there was something clear cut like that, then 
then they're not that and, and even in that example that's not always a clear-cut situation um they're likely to go to that other parent right they would yeah unless yeah. as i said it goes to court and the guardian fights it out and they've got there is a letter of wishes explaining the reasons why obviously it doesn't have to apply but it's you know it's worth a guard. that garden would need to contest that and legally yes, they would, that and yeah. pay for that legal process right yeah 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 um and it's only it's, so really then it's when both parents were to pass away at the same time or retrospectively that then that would kick in the guardianship would kick in yeah it's really quite a scary situation for both parents to pass that'd be really unfortunate yeah um okay so let's just talk about funeral wishes um, a lot. I find a lot of people, I don't know if you found this, they're like, oh, they can just do whatever they want. I'll be dead. They won't. I won't care. And I think they're missing the point, don't you? Yeah, well, they say that in the first instance. But once we have that conversation and they go back and think about it, sometimes I do get long paragraphs of how they want. You know, I've had, I've had some very interesting requests. I mean, it's nice, you know, people were saying. What's, right, what's the worst is... or the funniest or the most peculiar? Oh, I've had one. They wanted uh, to be cremated except the heart. They wanted to be in a box, keep the heart to, all together if everybody was to be passing away together in a box with picture. Uh, yeah, is you know, that's what they want. That's what, you know, we put down. It's their own. Yeah. <laughs> It, it will depend if the executors, obviously, it's a job of the executors and trustee to make it happen. So as long, you know, we write down, ideally, you put, I wish, but it doesn't have to be done legally. But I no, think you can't come back people, and see the person when you're well, dead, right? Yeah. But most executors would do to do the job. Most executors, unless oh, yeah. they're challenged by somebody. With, most people have their executors as their family members, right? They don't always have a professional executor. No. I had a couple where... Um, a couple of professional executors were were appointed because they didn't trust about anyone else or they didn't have anybody else um and then you're having fees so obviously that comes from the estate um but if you have a trusted family member that you would would trust them happy to do it and obviously young enough that's the other thing you don't want someone that's you know always exactly the same age because then by the time they're potentially having to do the work they might be too old to want to do it or yeah, be, you have to be mindful it. i always mention if you can help it do not put your parents because obviously the likelihood of them being able to be executors and trustee later on down in life it's looking unlikely, unlikely. so it's hoping a longer time but i think the point that people are missing when it comes to funeral plans is that it gives the executors and especially the family such wonderful guidance because i see so much arguing oh no she didn't want that and oh she yeah. wants it like this and like they they cause like they can create such an opportunity for the family to come together and mourn together I see so many families broken up through arguing over money my own yeah. family included on both sides of my partner and myself um in the last two or three recent deaths um and it's heartbreaking it is yeah the more guidance you can provide the better definitely that's why you know when i tell them ideally do make a letter of wishes it doesn't have to be anything too complicated but just to provide guidance for those executors and trusted say right this is what i want and then it's on paper it's signed and dated and nobody can contest to say right this is not what they wanted in the end so yeah i mean they're gonna they're possibly there are some that are just gonna argue the point anyway um because that's standard um and you know well I'm gonna do it this way and then you would have to literally almost sue the person and take them through the court process 
So it is, it is a tricky, I do find that that sort of after legal process is rather grey um, and it depends on how the case is put together, how it's presented, who's representing who, what, why and when. Yeah, it's a shame really, isn't it? I mean, you'd think, is the will, is the wishes, just what's, what's the problem? But yeah, it's just the way. Yeah, a lot of, lot of family arguments, even in normal situations, let alone more complicated ones, as um, as I've recently found um so the other thing you mentioned was asset alloc allocation of assets now one thing I don't think people realize that they're a married couple doesn't mean you're going to get all the money so even if you're married if you're not married then it, unless you if you have a property together and you both own it together then that's a joint asset but otherwise if you're not married basically everything in say mister's name or missus name Miss name, Ms name, whichever you're referring to or connotation you want to use, um, they um, it's theirs. It's it's their asset. Yeah. Right? You, you, there's no joint element when you're no. not married. There's a, that's why I see a lot of older couples have been together like thirty years and they end up getting married just for this reason. And it helps with inheritance tax because it means you've got a joint inheritance increases. Tax. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, what was I saying? So yes, the when you're married then all assets then go to the other person but it's, that's actually not strictly true right Jem? no so you've got uh if your estate is worth um less than 270 270,000, then yes it will all go to your wife if it's worth more and you've got children potentially the wife or the husband gets 270 and the rest is divided among the children so it's very yeah. important to have that within your will to say right my husband or my wife or my partner gets everything so yeah, yeah. to avoid any issues talking like a family home that's sold to basically pay off children yeah or it's like the, the other one going oh can I stay in the house that I've paid for for the last 50 years and you can have it when I die is that okay yeah because that, you can, wrote a will. that can happen yeah definitely yeah it's very yeah. important to have your will written at least it, it's it's clear and concise your wishes are there it's all written down and you know I mean the clients don't have to worry like I said to you earlier they tell me what they want and I write it down in terms that are clear and, yeah. and legal you know yeah love it love it um <laughs> so we've covered sort of three what else let's, let's, let's have two more what else would you want to write a will for so uh, distributions so you can that way you can uh write down within your will who you'd like the people to inherit so obviously if you have uh, children with different partner but you still want them to inherit you need to write them down within your will if you want all your children to inherit equally you would need to put that down within your will so it's just easier isn't it okay i'll give maybe it's certain items right so you might have a painting or a piece of jewelry or something yep. like that yeah you can you can uh, bequest money or gifts to to people you love as well yeah we can write that within a will even so animals some not to get it too complicated though there's one client who had like a spreadsheet a list of everything and had like an allocation i was like no this is like what happens if you lost that piece of art what happens if you um that that became less worth worth less than what you think now what if um you know that went missing or it was yeah. sold or broken sold. yeah of you know, course. sometimes it can get a little bit too complicated you want to make it um longevity of the will so it's robust for... yeah you usually be more like a, a piece of jewelry sort of ring uh collect watch watch collection stamp collection not not many people collect stamps these days but i still use that i don't know why 
Um, so yeah, it would have to be something specific. However, what I normally add within my wheel pack is a memorandum of wishes where people at home, if they think, okay, I, I've got this, I don't know, it can be anything. I've got this really nice bracelet I got last Christmas. Oh, let's write it down on my memorandum of wishes and write it down to who I would like it to go to. So with the copy of the will, they can have that. And obviously, if anything happened, this can be pulled out with all the rest of the documents that, oh, yeah, so-and-so wanted oh, this bracelet, or oh, we can give it to them. So, you know, but yeah, ideally you, you want something within your will as a gift um, that has longevity, something you've had for a long time and you wish your beneficiaries to get. You mentioned gifting uh, at the beginning around, you know, trust work and inheritance tax and the seven year rule. Do you want to just explain what the seven year rule is, Jen? So basically when you're alive, you can make gifts, uh, certain amounts of gifts without having uh, been taxed on it. If your gift is above a certain allowance, you will get taxed on it unless you survive for seven years. So every year you survive, the tax gets less and less. So you got to make sure. So if you give a, a £10,000 to your children, for example, you want to make sure that you'll be alive for 10 years so that it, you, it, your children don't get taxed on it. Right. Thanks for clarifying. And I think we've got four so far. Have you got one more for us? Reasons to write a will. Exclusions. Ah, yeah. Yeah. So you got to be very mindful because some people, like you said earlier about going to court, could um, contest your will. So you've got, if you've got anybody, for example, if you've got a husband you're not divorced from um, and you do a will and you don't include him, potentially could go to court and say, well, that was my wife or my husband and I want to contest it. So you need to put it down within your will to say this person is not to get anything. It can be, it doesn't have to be your husband, it can be a family member, it can be your parents, for example, because yeah. obviously... If you follow the rules, if you've got no one else, your parents could potentially inherit. So you need to write down what well, I don't want my family, my parents or whoever, um, sister yeah. or brother to inherit as well. So we can yeah. add that to the will. Yeah. Marvellous. Anything we've not mentioned that we think is really important? There's probably lots, but anything else? Mm, animals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've got to talk about animals. You, you can add animals within your wills. So if you've got... Uh, uh, animal and you obviously don't want it to be left out or you know you can write it down like within your will who you'd yeah. like him or her to go to so yeah yeah it's quite good I like that and then um I guess we should mention charities right so you can gift in your will to charities and you can you be can. a charity for example yeah what benefit does that have reduce your IHT so anything above 325 for single or 650 for couples is taxed at 40 percent if you yeah. give to charity, it's taxed at 36%. So if you give at least 10% to charity, it reduces your tax bill, basically. Perfect. Well, thanks for joining me today to talk about right. wills um, and, you know, all that planning stuff. Death, death and taxes are two things we know of, right? And I think doing yeah. this job, you end up, you talk, you talk about, we talk about death quite a lot. Um, and I think we're going to record another show right now about insurances, but I think I'm going to do it separately. And we, so when we talk about life insurance, um, we so between us, Jen, we talk about death and taxes. That's basically our job, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, it's not as it's not as um, what's the word? You know, it's actually empowering for people. I think it's not. Uh, it's 
not always sad it's actually quite a positive thing to do no you're protecting you know uh, the people around you at the end of the day that's what it's all about isn't it that's what will does and that's what protection does as well you know well yourself mm. as well with protection obviously because you can get critical illness but that's for another day <laughs> yeah. we're, we're going to record that separately so um thank you for joining me today jen thank and you. if you if you go to evolutionwillwriting.co.uk that's, that's www.evolutionwillwriting.co.uk um it's basically you can contact if you want to will um you can contact jen through there um it's um no, nothing to do with evolution financial planning um i don't receive any personally as a company or a limited company i don't receive any commission kickback any referral fees affiliates nothing um that is purely jen as a um a sole trader kind of setup where she can write wills for you can you do that online now since covid uh there is companies that do it online although i don't really i'm not too sure about them because how can you make sure that exactly what you want will be written down i mean when i do will will appointments i do it face to face online but i don't i wouldn't just send you a form for you to fill out no yeah, i don't know how i would feel about that and on the no. compliance you can do it on like a zoom or a teams that's or... what i do i do face to face every time so okay. I, I don't have to live in the same town as you i can always do it online yeah that's not a problem okay. we are face -to -face. I mean, I've, I've had many happy clients that i've referred to jen over the years of um so yeah, um, I've I've never had an, had an issue. I just personally don't do them anymore, um, because I don't know. I just found them a little bit. Don't know. Didn't excite me anymore. After a few years, I just yeah, I wanted to do something different. And once she's been in financial services, is a big world, big subject, lots of things. So I just wanted to move on to something else. And do you like doing them, Jen? Do you enjoy them? Uh my, the best bit is talking to the people and like listening about what they want and stuff writing the yeah. will is a bit more complex because it takes quite a while to make sure that everything is written down as it should be but yeah so writing them down is not the best part it's about talking to the people and having that conversation really about what they want to achieve yeah I know what you mean definitely and there's such peace of mind that you get they just feel a weight has been lifted so which yeah. is which is great and and that's all we can do is as when I was a wheel writer and Jen is a wheel writer um me in a previous life but um <laughs> is is you you just take the instructions and do the best job that we can and that's just you know that's all we can do um well thanks for joining me today Jen um if you Thank want you. to listen to about our um, I interviewed Jen previously about mortgages as she's a mortgage broker if you want to go and listen to that show we talked about mortgage interest rates um it's been a few weeks jen is there any updates on that oh don't <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been a yeah it's been very testing this past few weeks yeah for sure yeah. it's right, uh, rates again right yeah they've gone up again uh lenders are pulling out uh rates pulling back in yeah if you do a mortgage you've got to do it on the day um obviously yeah. it's not always easy as easy as that isn't it so no notice okay. as well <laughs> lenders are just like okay we're pulling out the rate in two hours oh my god oh my god uh, yeah well, anyone listening want uh, a bit of a you know advice on how to prepare what to think about i think the biggest tip that i think that was a really important one from that podcast was um, if you've got a rate coming up in sort of within the next six months, six so months, don't yeah. wait until two months before, um, then go and find out what your options are, because you might be able to secure a rate now that's better than what might be in two or three, four months time. Yeah. Um, but go and listen to that show. It's on, it's, it'd be listed below wherever you're listening to this on Spotify or iTunes or, or on YouTube. 
Um, and next up, I'm going to be talking to Jen about um, life insurance, critical illness, income protection, which I do as well. And we're also I'm going to talk a little bit about business insurance as well, um, because we're a bit of a one stop shop here. Um, we do. We, we've got quite a good broad knowledge of lots of different subjects. Um, thanks again to, for joining me today, Jen. And um, it's over from me. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Accelerate Your Wealth. For further help or to connect with Rebecca directly, please head over to the website www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk where you can find further information on our planner, book and how to further maximise your wealth. Our sponsor, Evolution Financial Planning for regulated advice on pensions, investments, mortgages, insurances on www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk forward slash podcast.